Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 71 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Seasoned Athlete is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We are here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really love us, you can support our ability to continue to bring inspirational stories to you by way of either a one-time donation or by becoming a monthly sponsor. Just go to seasonedathlete.me and click on one of the support seasoned athlete buttons to help support this DIY independent podcast. Today, I'm sharing my interview with Spartan pro team athlete, Cindy Lynch. This interview was recorded at the Spartan World Media Fest brought to you by ATP Science. Cindy is an endurance athlete currently specializing in ultra distance obstacle racing. She's also a mom, entrepreneur, and nine time Boston Marathon finisher. In our interview, you'll hear about how she transitioned to Spartan from road and trail running in her mid-40s, how she sets her own personal priorities so she can train for races, and what tips she has for Spartan Ultra newbies. If you're thinking about setting some bold goals for the new decade ahead, perhaps Cindy can serve as some inspiration to put a big race like an ultra on your calendar. So let's get to it. Here is my interview with Cindy Lynch. I am here at Spartan Media Fest, uh, brought to you by ATP Science, and I am sitting with Spartan Pro Team member, Cindy Lynch. Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Cindy, Seasoned Athlete Podcast is all about athletes who are over age 40. So, when we come on the podcast, I ask a question to all of my guests, and that is, I do make you reveal this, what is your age at this moment in time? I just turned 48. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't know that you would be revealing your age, not just to me and my podcast, but to the entire festival area. We are on the ATP Science podcast stage for this interview. So it's out there. Yeah. We're gonna, we're, I'm owning it. But you own it, it, and that's what it's all about. So, Cindy, you are a Spartan Pro Team member. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long have you been Spartan racing? Uh, almost three years. Almost three years. Let's go back in time a little bit. I want to know, uh, were you were you athletic growing up? Were you always athletic, or did you get into sports a little bit later? I was. I did dance, jazz, ballet. I got into gymnastics when I was younger. That was my high school sport. And I actually didn't discover running until I was in my late 20s. And what got you into running in your late 20s? What made you decide this is the thing you wanted to do? Uh, I was working for a company at a time, and they were throwing a 5K fun run. And I decided to do it and showed up and had a great time. And I thought, gosh, this is kind of fun. I, I did all right. Maybe I'll do it again next year. And so <laughs> the next year, I did the 10K. And it just kind of snowballed from there and really fell in love with running and learning how to train. And my goals just kept increasing, like half marathon, marathon, and... The rest is history. So, and so many of us live that journey where we start with that 5K fun run. Exactly. And then start expanding and expanding. For you, it's expanded rather significantly. So. It did. It took a big leap. <laughs> so tell me about that. Well, after I, I did several road marathons, uh, I've done Boston nine times. You've done Boston nine times? With all that road training, you start to get injuries, especially as you get older, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so I got off the roads and just got into trail running and fell in love with some of the ultra running the longer distance I found I could still do it and train hard and didn't have all the pounding from the pavement and all the injuries that come from that. So I got into the ultra scene and just loved it. I did 50K, 100K, 
did a 100-mile race. I did the North Face 50 race a few times. And that's where I got injured during a 50-miler, and that's kind of how I segued into Spartan. Interesting. So you got injured during a 50-mile race and segued into obstacle racing, of all <laughs> things. That's, that's a different kind of journey, but tell me how that happened. Uh, I was injured, and so I, I couldn't run. I took some time off from running, and I just missed that feeling that you get from running hard. You know, that feel like you really worked hard. You had a great training session. And so I had some friends that were doing Spartan. They said, you know, just come check out this obstacle gym. They have this fun, you know, circuit obstacle workout, and it's going to be like you're going to feel like you're running. It's, it's a hard workout. And so I met him at the gym one Saturday and went through this circuit with obstacles. And I had a blast. And I was breathing super heavy. I was working my butt off. I'm like, oh, that was awesome. Let's do it again next week. And he <laughs> said, you know, this is actually training for a race. It's called a Spartan race. And you get to actually do this a little bit longer distance, but you have the obstacles. And you might like it. You, you probably should try it. You're a trail runner, and you're doing these obstacles. So that's kind it's of how it happened. natural <laughs> transition. How old were you at that time? Uh, gosh, I was probably... 45. So that was just a few years ago. Yeah, just a few years ago. Oh my goodness. So you got into Spartan in your mid 40s. Mm-hmm. I was 41 when I got into Spartan, so I totally understand that as well. Um, so, so yeah, you've progressed pretty quickly through Spartan Race. Um, and, and not only are you progressing through Spartan Race itself, but you have gotten into the Spartan Ultras. I think that that seems to be an area where you've kind of found a sweet spot for yourself. Can I you talk have, about that? Yeah. Well, I had the ultra running that I was pretty successful with because now that I'm getting older, I'm, I mean, I don't have the speed that some of these girls have now, but I do have the endurance that I built over the years doing the, you know, the 100K and the 50 mile races and the 100 mile race. So when I transitioned to Spartan, it was kind of a no brainer to actually try the ultra distance and see if I could be as successful at that as I was just simple trail running. And so I did Breckenridge a couple years ago and... I won it, which was awesome. So, <laughs> so that was your first maybe one. Maybe this is, that was my first overall win. Maybe this is something I should be focusing on more, doing the longer stuff, because I seem to be more successful at that. I, I would say, if, if you were your first ultra and you had a win right away, if that was me, I'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of suffering, though. It is a lot of suffering. So let's talk about that, because you have to put a lot of time into the training for, for this type of race. Can you talk about that? You do. And after, you know, injury after injury and ultra running, I've kind of learned to train smarter rather than harder. And so it's something that I've been really successful with, especially this go round. Um, and so I find for myself, I do all my training in the morning, early mornings. I'm up at 4am getting my runs and gym workouts in before my kids wake up. So I really don't feel like anybody's missing me and I'm taking time away from other priorities. So yeah. And so you mentioned your kids. How many kids do you have? I have two boys. Two boys. So you're a mom. I am. And you're a Spartan ultra elite athlete. Um, so talk about that. Let's, let's dig into that a little more of sort of the setting priorities and how, how you make this happen for yourself. Because I think people listening to this podcast or people out in the world sometimes use kids as the reason why they can't. Right. Um, so talk about how you have made it a thing that you can and you will. Right. Well, since my kids are born, I mean, I ran with them when I'm pregnant. So running and fitness has been part of their life already. And so they almost expect mommy to be out there competing and racing. Um, but like I mentioned, I do really keep balance. And so their sports and activities come first. And that's why I get up so early and do all my training. So they don't miss mommy. And <laughs> I mean, there are the weekend long runs, but it works out. They have their, they play hockey, so that's their sport. And so they're active, they're running, and they're, and you said they're on your weekend long runs? 
Exactly. They, come, they join you? Some, no. Oh. <laughs> They're usually at the hockey rink. Or oh, okay. Stuff. I thought you were like, <laughs> I bring them out on my weekend long. You have events. to strategically plan the run, long run sessions, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. Done. No, okay. That's what you're saying. Because yeah. the long, the weekend long runs get very long. Oh, sometimes, yes. Yeah. But I've, after the injuries, I've just gotten really good at just getting in the key workouts and not stressing over all the mileage that mm-hmm. like a lot of ultra runners, they run, you know, 100 miles a week and. I just don't get caught up in that anymore, and I stay focused on doing the workouts that I know will help me be stronger and get to the start line actually healthy. So what's an example training week for you as, as a mother of two and ultra-elite ultra Spartan athlete? Um, usually, I'll just go day by day. Monday is usually a rest day. I'll go to the gym and just focus on you know sitting in a sauna and truly stretching and just doing you know, foam rolling and all that stuff that everybody hates to do, but it's so important. So now. important. And I mean, on this show, we talk about it a lot because when I asked older athletes for advice, it's like recovery, recovery, recovery. It's so important. And, and throughout, you know, when you're younger, it's like, it's so easy to ignore. And even when you're older, it's easy right. to ignore, but if you really want to perform. Yeah. And if you important. have an injury, like I had a double Achilles strain in 2018. So I was out for nine months, the whole nine month season on the pro team. It was a bummer. Oh, yeah. And so after that, I've gotten really disciplined because I, nobody wants that to happen. And so just really focus on recovery. Yeah. So, so that's, a, a, that's a solid part of your, that's a whole day of your training right. just regimen. Just a full day of just rest, recovery, rolling, stretching, no running. And then <laughs> Tuesday will be like a tempo run. Uh, maybe a few easy miles in the evening. Uh, Wednesday, just easy run day. Thursday will be hill day. So either hill repeats, shorter stuff, or a hilly trail with like a tempo in it. And then Friday's just another easy day again. And then Saturday, of course, is usually a long run day and same Sunday. Yeah. So it's primarily run-based training that you do with the exception of your recovery day, obviously, but primarily run-based training and it's just different styles of running throughout the week. I get in my strength training during the week at the gym, but I honestly don't do a lot of obstacle training. Right, right, right. Um, Let's talk about, I like to talk about best days, worst days on, and when it comes to races, Um, can you take me back to what was your hardest or worst race day or event? Oh, I think recently my worst was actually ended up being a best day, but it was the ultra in Hawaii. Okay, let's talk Um, about that. So it was brutally hot, 90 degrees, probably like 95% humidity, just super hot. And I'm usually good with heat, but just couldn't keep the fluids in, couldn't keep the nutrition in. And by mile 11, I started cramping. And, and that's not even, even the first half. I wasn't even through the first loop yet. Yeah. And you know, you end of a race or a long run, you get that twinge. You're like, oh no, I'm going to cramp. Well, I mm-hmm. got that super early. And so you just started, my whole body started cramping and I still had to do a full loop. And so that was just kind of the low point of the race. Just like, oh, my race is done. You know, <laughs> this is so painful. There's no way I'm going to get through these obstacles. My arms were cramped. My hands were cramped. And so I think that was probably my worst race, but I actually kind of turned it around, was able to get electrolytes back in and just power through and ended up finishing and winning. And so it became my best race. You won. My worst race (laughs) ended up being my best race. How do you think, what do you think was the key to you turning that around? You know, my kids were at the finish line and that's always a big driving force because you want to inspire them and they love it when mommy wins. It's always like, did you win mommy? Then so never mind. <laughs> they were there. My family was all there. And so that was a really big driving force because I knew they were going to be there and I wanted to see, wanted them to see me have a great race. So really like, did your mind switch somewhere leading into the second half where 
Absolutely. You were thinking of them. There was lots of um, talking to myself on that back half and just, you know, you trained so hard for this. You wanted to come in. You wanted to win this. Like, don't give up now. Just keep going. And you have to play a lot of mental games out there. Yeah. And especially when you're out there for so many hours, it sounds like your mind went to a lot of different places and it's sometimes it's mental over physical. And that first half your mind was probably in a fairly dark place. And then somehow you were able to get that flipped. Um, So awesome. So what's your biggest learning moment from that, from that particular event? It's just revisiting nutrition. Mm -hmm. I think not taking serious enough the, what the climate was going to be like, what the weather was going to be like, and the actual effect that had on how much I traditionally take in and consume. So I learned a lot with respect to what I need to do and making some changes for tomorrow for sure. Let's talk about tomorrow. <laughs> so we are here at Spartan World Championships. It is a beautiful, windy, but sunny day out here today. It's so beautiful right it's now. I so, want to race right now. We all want to race right now, but we don't get to race right now. We are racing tomorrow or Sunday. You are racing tomorrow and the weather is going to change dramatically based on everything we've heard. So we are expecting 6 a.m. 30s something. 30s at 6 a.m. and probably not getting a whole lot higher than that. Plus rain, plus snow. Um, So what's your strategy going into this particular race? I see an ultra jersey sitting right in front of me on this table. So you're obviously doing the ultra. I'm doing the ultra tomorrow. My strategy strategy is just to try to stay warm because that is the only thing I'm really nervous about at this point. I've mm-hmm. done, I've done worlds twice and I know it's going to be cold. I know it's going to be miserable. So yeah, my number one goal is just to take in a little extra time to have layers and stay dry. That's a solid strategy. I think that's, that might be everybody's strategy, but I just, I actually just, uh, released a podcast episode where I talked a little bit about this and a thought came into my head recently where, it, where I thought, do what you have to do so that you can do what you know how to do. Right. Um, so that you know, you know what you know how to do. You know that you can do everything out there. Now it's a matter of clothing, gear, right. warmth. Do what you got to do so that you can get out there and do what you know how to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all about staying warm tomorrow. <laughs> We're all going to be trying to stay warm this weekend. Um, and you, you're from San Diego. Did you have to do any frantic gear shopping? Uh, well, I've had gear from previous years. So mm-hmm. I did add an extra layer, like a waterproof shell that I might be wearing tomorrow. So that'll be new. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun bringing new stuff out on the course. Yeah, seeing how that goes. It's not optimal for cold acclimation training for sure, because sure. Even I tried to take cold showers and the water comes out lukewarm. I mean, I did that for a month. I did that for the last month in LA. It's pointless. Fully knowing that it's like, well, this is an LA cold shower. I just, I took one this morning here in Tahoe. It was a very different oh, yeah, experience. yeah, that's a cold shower. That finally was a cold shower. Right. So that'll so, be sort of like tomorrow. But you still, you know, even doing that, it helps you think about how you're breathing, how you're reacting, pushing yourself, staying longer. So it's something. I feel like there's value in everything, oh, yeah. um, even if it's not optimal, you know? So let's talk about uh, running skirts. Um, so yeah. you, in the, in the midst of your running adventures, you came up with an idea and created a brand. Let's talk about that. Exactly, well, my twin sister and I, 14 years ago, developed our brand Running Skirts, and it was just one of those you know, entrepreneur stories where you have this idea and never expected to turn into a business. Um, I was a big runner at the time and I'd done Boston a few times in New York and my sister had just had her second baby and she's like, you know, I want to try out this running thing. You have so much fun. You're always, you're traveling to great cities and maybe I should do a marathon. She said, I'm going to put my name in this lottery for the New York City Marathon. Will you run it with me? And I said, yes, absolutely. That's the best race. Let's do it. Put your name in. Like, don't worry, you won't get in for a few years. It takes two or three years to get in. And 
and we'll, we'll train and we'll do it together. And so kind of forgot about it. And a few months went by and then she called me and she said, guess what? I just got this email that said, congratulations, you're running the New York city marathon. I had a feeling that's where the story was going. <laughs> that's like, always where the story goes. What do I do? And I'm like, well, you got to start running. And so she's like, that's great, but I'm not going to wear those front frumpy shorts that you wear. Those track shorts are so ugly. And she had a children's fashion line at the time. And so she said, I'm going to design something for us to run in. And I said, well, that's great. Just make sure it has pockets because you have to carry all kinds of stuff for these long runs and you need to carry goo and keys mm -hmm. or whatever. And so we just kind of threw together some prototypes and made this cute little pink skirt and it had pockets on the side. Pockets are key. And so we ran New York City Marathon together and along the course, people would come up to us and they say, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Where'd you get that? That's awesome. I want one. And so by the time we'd finished the marathon, we were like, we should make some more. Like, I think people would buy these. And so we just popped up like a quickie PayPal website and we both invested a couple thousand dollars and manufactured offshore and got them in and literally they sold out in a week. And we're like, wow. wow, let's like invest some more. There's something more to colors. this. Yeah. So yeah, it just kind of snowballed and became this huge life and business. <laughs> and here we are 14 years later. That's amazing. What I love, and I, I earlier today I talked to uh, Cresser Peterson from Shower Toga, and it's like a similar idea where it, it's birthed from an experience you have in a sport and a problem that needs to be solved. Exactly. And, and you were the one to think of how to solve that problem. Right. Yeah, and I really gravitate to the pockets thing because, as you likely know, there is not enough active wear for women with pockets. Right, pockets are key and like no chafing and reverse mm -hmm. seams and all the things that men designers don't always think about. They, yeah, it's all handled for, for guys. Like they've got their shorts with their pockets or whatever, but, but for women up until recently, it's been very hard to find even leggings or anything right. with pockets. And you ask any woman, especially any woman who does something active, they will always say, pockets, give me my pockets. Yes, you can have too many pockets for you, sure. Uh, for, seriously. So, and then you have another product. We launched another brand called Renderless. So it's a unisex men's and women compression sock line. Nice. And so that's how kind of how we fell into Spartan with that brand because it was a, an excellent fit. Yes. And so we started kind of doing the Spartan circuit a couple of years ago as a vendor, a sponsor on the Spartan tour. And so kind of got the name out there. It's a great running name. And it totally and, is. That's, that's an awesome running name. And always a need for uh, compression socks for running, especially in the OCR world. Oh, God, they save you from those ropes. And yep. Yep. High row. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't run without long socks. Like, that's just a non-negotiable. Yeah, I um, think it might wear two tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right? Double up. We're all dreading this. But we're going to do it because we're tough. That's right. That's right. Okay, so... What advice would you have for a woman who might be in her 40s, or anyone, and I, I say a woman, but anyone in their 40s, um, parents, people who work jobs, busy lives, but have aspirations to, whether it's obstacle racing or running, but have that sort of competitive something in them that you have, uh, but they haven't figured out how to make it happen in their, their own lives, um, or they just need some advice. What advice would you have? Well, I think it's very important just to carve the time out of your schedule for yourself to set those goals and set time for yourself to train for whatever goal you have. Because when you're healthy, and your relationships are healthy, your kids are healthy, your family's happy, 
It's very There's important a ripple to effect. take that time yeah. for yourself. Yeah, and it does have a ripple effect. If you're not taking care of yourself and taking time for yourself, it will kind of filter down to the people you have in your lives and they, they will get less of you. Absolutely. Um, so taking that time to take care of yourself and carving out that time, as you said, as you do it, four in the morning. And some people might hear that and be like, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, but, but some people drop their kids off at soccer and run around the field. I mean, there's so many ways you can make it happen if you're committed. And yeah. I always say the hardest part to running and fitness is just putting on your shoes. Because once you're on the shoes are on, you're out the door, you're, you're not going to not do it. No one ever yeah. regrets going for a run. Yeah. The hardest part is putting your shoes on. I love that. Because yeah. once your shoes are on, like, are you going to take them off? Are you going to not do it? No, you're in it. You're in it. You're in it. And you're in it to win it. Um, you're 48. Uh, 48? Yes. Right? Okay. You're 48 years old. What are the biggest challenges that you face as someone in your 40s competing at the level that you're competing at? Um, obviously fitness and speed and just the athletic ability that these young girls have right now is unbelievable. And, you know, not getting caught up in what everybody else is doing and how they're training and how they're racing and just knowing kind of your own limits physically so that you stay away from the injuries and knowing how often to race and just having to be a little smarter. Like I said, train smarter instead of harder. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really about learning about yourself and, not really getting caught up in everybody else's You got to know your madness. limits. And yeah. I think just picking a few key select goal races for the year. Like I said, I'm going to do an ultra and I'm going to pick Hawaii. I was going to do Hawaii or Colorado. I'm going to pick one ultra and then maybe I'll do worlds. And those are going to be my two key races to train really hard for. And then if it worked out, you know, I'll throw in some filler races, some supers or a beast here and there if I'm feeling good. And so instead of trying to just race, you know, to win every single event like every right. weekend or whatever just picking like a few key races that you can completely focus on and mentally prepare for and just go in 100 percent. yeah yeah and instead of just running endlessly all the time which is always a temptation it is especially <laughs> here because it's so fun yeah and there's so many races in the area you know we're southern california there's races all the time it there's seems races like almost every two weeks yeah so it takes a level of discipline some for some it takes a level of discipline to get to the races and some for others it takes a level of discipline to not do the races that it takes you a lot do. yeah you kind of get caught up yeah no I totally get it I totally get it um and I should mention because I'm not sure everybody listening understands when you when you're out there competing you're not competing in your age group you're competing against the best of the best right no matter how old they are right so when you talk about competing against the young girls like you really are yes you know <laughs> you're putting young. yourself out 20s. there <laughs> and there's only a handful there's really only a handful of women over 40 who are who are doing that a lot a lot of the a lot of women over 40 myself included race age group so we're racing against you know, the people in our similar age group, mm -hmm. but there's a handful of women over 40 who have made that choice to race elite. Um, what drives you to race elite? Oh, Where you, well, rather I've than doing age group competitive, I've always had the competitive nature and I just, I really enjoy pushing myself to see how fit I can become, how strong I can become, how long I can run. It's mm -hmm. always, it's been that way my whole life. And yeah. so I think it's just a challenge as long as I'm still being successful and somewhat competitive, I'm going to stay out there as long as I can. I mean, sometimes I question like, what are you doing here? When I <laughs> the start line and these girls are so fast and they're just gone. But like I said, it's just finding your strengths and kind of sticking with that. Yeah, And running your race and seeing how that pans out. And sometimes that pans out very well, even when you think it isn't. Yeah. You think, you're gonna well. die. yeah. you think you're going to die. So I talked about the challenges. I want to ask what benefits do you feel you experience as, you know, maybe versus some of those 
younger women on on the start line. What benefits do you think you have bringing into a race that maybe they don't have because you're older? Um, definitely the benefit of experience, knowing how far I can push my body and my limits. Um, my background is an ultra runner. I have a ton of endurance, and I can just suffer a lot longer than most people. <laughs> I can mentally go for you know 22 hours if I have to. So I think just bringing the experience of all the racing I've done is definitely a benefit. That's awesome. So I'm about to run my first ultra in a oh, month. Oh, which one? Uh, the Tejon, the Lebec Ultra. Oh, nice. Yeah, so my husband and I, he's here. We made a crazy decision that we were going to run our first ultra because they finally had one in Southern California. And so I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. Um, so we're here. We're going to run the race here. And then we basically have, what, three weeks to- oh, perfect. <laughs> good to know. It's a perfect peak workout. Good to know. You're so, right where you need to be. Yeah, so um, what advice would you have for us getting ready for our first ultra? I say that 90% of ultra is nutrition and hydration. Like you've got your training dialed in, you're at the start line and you're healthy. It's up to you to fuel your body to get you that, you know, five hours, six hours, seven hours. And so sticking to that is the most important thing. So nutrition on a schedule, hydration on a Absolutely. schedule. Yeah, which I'm big everything. on. Yeah, it's not whether about when you're hungry. Whether you want it or not, yeah. it's going in. Yep. Yep. And honestly, if you do that, your body's going to be equipped to get through the distance. Good. We've been training that way. Yay. Good job. <laughs> We're already most of the way there. Just a few more weeks. It's fun. And you get to see the whole course twice. I mean, what's better than that? <laughs> Especially on a weekend like this. <laughs> um, so uh, where can people learn about you and about uh, running skirts and run your lusts? Runningskirts.com and renderlessactive.com are the two websites. And we have a blog, kind of talk about our races. My sister does crazy 100 mile races all the time. And so I totally created a monster with that one. I, I, I wish I could have gotten you both here. That would have been amazing. She's normally here with me, but it's her daughter's birthday this weekend. So oh. she's out of town. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair, I guess. And then if anyone wants to follow you directly, how can they do that? Um, are you on, on Instagram? Instagram? I'm running skirts Cindy. Okay. And that's usually where I post all my Spartan stuff. Yeah. So if you want to see some inspiration, go there, running at Running Skirt Cindy. Yeah. Um, I always ask before we wrap up for one parting piece of wisdom. If you had one parting piece of wisdom that you could share with our listeners today, what would that be? Oh, on top of the nutrition, that's usually my <laughs> top. I think it's, again, just when you're planning your race schedule to pick two or three key races that you would like to be successful at during the year and really design your training and focus your training around those races and don't get caught up in trying to go out and win every race or podium every race. Just um, stay focused and wrap your head around it. And I think you'd be much more successful. Yeah. So if you do other races, maybe not get hung up on the placement so much and make it fun, right? but really focus on those one or two that, that truly matter. Right. Awesome. And that's what you've done. So you had Hawaii and here we are at Lake Tahoe and you're going to crush it tomorrow. Yes, we are. Regardless awesome. of weather, regardless of conditions, you got this. We'll be out there together. We will be We're out there suffering, suffering together. That has been my mantra going into this weekend. It's like, well, yeah, I can complain about suffering, but every single person on that course is going to be suffering alongside with me. So we may as well cheer each other on, you know? Exactly. So best of luck to you, Thank you. in the ultra tomorrow. I can't wait to hear how it turns out. Um, hopefully see you on that podium. That would yeah, be awesome. we'll probably see you out on the course tomorrow too. I won't be on the course. He, my husband will be. Oh, we'll I'll see be on you the out there I will be there Sunday, racing age group. So, oh, well, good luck to you and good luck in your ultra. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the Season Athlete Podcast. Thanks. All right, Season Athletes. Here are my top three takeaways from Cindy Lynch. Number one: Be sure to carve out time in your schedule for yourself. 
This is especially crucial if you have multiple demanding priorities such as kids, work, etc. It's easy enough to let your life and work responsibilities take precedent at the expense of your own personal goals. But if you ever want to achieve bold goals or any goals really, you need to be sure to carve out some time for yourself. Don't let your life dictate when or if that happens. Take control of your life and schedule that time in advance. Number two, the biggest factor contributing to your success at an ultra race is nutrition and hydration. It's not about eating when you're hungry or drinking when you're thirsty. Put yourself on a schedule and stick to it. Ensure that you are getting the nutrients you need for the entire time you're out on the course. And honestly, this can apply for any long race or races when you expect to be on the course for multiple hours. And number three, the hardest part of fitness is putting on your shoes. Once you put your shoes on, you're likely to get out the door for your run, your workout, or whatever you intend to do. And you're far less likely to talk yourself out of doing those things. So if you're struggling or debating on whether or not to train, just hurry up and put your shoes on and you'll accomplish the hardest part. Before I wrap up, I'd also like to add that Cindy recently finished her 2019 season with the top spot on the Spartan Ultra Podium in Los Olivos, California. Thanks again to Cindy Lynch. Follow her racing adventures and get even more inspiration from her at Running Skirt Cindy on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from my ultra awesome musician friend, Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. Seasoned athletes, it is time to get your game plan in place for the new year. And this is more than a new year. It's the dawn of a new decade. And I want to help you make this your decade of ageless. So I'm making some time available over the holidays to get on the phone with you and give you a free age like an athlete strategy call. On this call, I'll help you get clarity on what you want to achieve. We'll work through what's been holding you back and I'll give you an action plan on how you can achieve your bold athletic goals in the new year and the new decade. Go to seasonedathlete.me and click on the free Age Like an Athlete Strategy Call button to book your call. And if you're in the Southern California area, I'm holding a live workshop in Santa Monica on Sunday, January 5th. I'm calling it Decade of Ageless, five big, bold ways to feel younger, gain confidence, and overcome obstacles in the new year and beyond. This workshop is absolutely free, but space is limited. So go to seasonedathlete.me to grab your spot ASAP before they're gone. It's time to take action as we enter this decade of ageless. So go out and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.